Duérmete niño, duérmete ya, que viene el coco y te llevará. Duérmete niño, duérmete ya, que viene el coco y te This is Monstras. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Monstras. My name is Brenda Salguero. <laughs> My name is Orquidea. It sounded like you were going to make us guess. My name is... Guess. Guess what my name is. <laughs> Take a wild guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome to today's episode where we will be talking about El Cucuy. I'm really excited about this one because I remember, like, you would scare people and you would go, Uy, cucuy at them. Or you would just, like, cucuy at them. Uh, I don't know if you ever really? did that. Yeah. Yeah. Or you would just never... brand them with the cucuy is going to get you. Even though I grew up in mostly like Mexican and Latino neighborhoods, I didn't actually know that much about El Cucuy. I just knew that through popular culture, like the the radio ho show host yeah. guy, all that stuff. I knew he was a monster, but my parents never used him as a scare tactic. They were just like, we're going to beat your ass. If you don't <laughs> listen to us, we're just going to beat you. <laughs> I don't know which is scarier, but I think El Cucuy is pretty scary, although a beating is scary too. I know, beating was, don't make me get el cincho. And it's like, oh my God, I need to not mess up anymore. So it was hard working on this episode, I thought, because we didn't find as much information as I thought we were going to get. And I think part of the problem was because he has so many names. Like, So I know him as a cucuy, but we found coco, cocu, chamuco, coca. It was crazy. Chamuco? Yeah. Isn't that? Doesn't that mean like kid or something? I think that's chamaco. Oh, chamaco. Okay. I was like, chamuco. Chamaco. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Chamaco. But they're pretty close. So, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's similar. I was like, wait. No, a kid chamaco. and the boogeyman are almost the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's true. We, we did keep getting like, I kept finding things like food, coconut, the movie Coco kept coming up. Yeah. Did you mean the movie Coco? <laughs> It's like, no, I'm not trying to talk about that. <laughs> so we are going to actually tackle the story of the boogeyman broadly and also how Latinos or Latinx people uh, in the U.S. and across Latin America talk about the boogeyman and how they they use the boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> Wield the boogeyman <laughs> Wield against children. Power. I'm really excited because yes. you did a lot of like uh, research for the history of it. So I'm really excited to see what you found. Yes. So let's get started with the history because it's, it's fascinating. So first of all, the boogeyman figure has been around for ages, going back as far as ancient Greece with the story of uh, this woman called Lama Lamia. So Lamia was a beautiful woman that Zeus had children with. Hera finds out that once again, Zeus cheated on her and either kills Lamia's children herself or drives Lamia to kill them. In her anguish, 
Lamia goes around hunting other people's children. That sounds like La Llorona. Sounds very similar to La Llorona. Yeah. The story of Lamia was used as an educational tool in order to keep children in line. The tradition of using boogeymen or boogie women, uh-huh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gotta be gender or equal inclusive. opportunity here, <laughs> very inclusive, to in- educate children is actually seen throughout many cultures throughout the world. So it's not uh, uncommon. Children being taken by an unknown evil force that punishes their bad behavior is pretty terrifying for kids. I'll have to, <laughs> have to think about that. Usually we also find that the boogeyman is male, but not always. Going back to El Cucuy or El Coco, something unique about this particular monster is that there's seemingly two different iterations that exist, but essentially it's the same monster. So let's take a look at the the variation. So there's two variations, La Coca and El Coco. So like a femi- a feminized one and a, and, a fe- and a male one. So El Cucuy did not start off initially as a boogeyman figure. It actually has a long history in the Iberian Peninsula, which for those who don't know geography, it's fine. It is <laughs> Spain and Portugal today. You're very kind today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How dare you? I'm fine. Screw you, Orchidia. I'm just going to be mean to everybody. Thank you. That's the friend I know. <laughs> we find it in Spain and Portugal, but it was also known under a different name, Coca. And the earliest reference we can find to this particular monster is by Greek historian Diodorus, 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 Siculus. So I'm really bad at Greek pronunciations, apparently, who described Iberian warriors who hung the heads of their enemies on spears in order to offer them up to the beast known as Coca. Awesome. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so he, they were like, we're just gonna, we're just gonna tempt this monster or like at least keep the monster at bay by just feeding it heads. Yeah. Cool. So after that, it's not until 1274 in this book called Libro Tres, which is not a creative title. It's just <laughs> book three. It's a good way to keep track of it. Also, what if it was the first one? What if it was an ironic title? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're trying to look for two other books? Yeah. <laughs> they don't exist, bitch. <laughs> like, got you. <laughs> Libro Tres by Dacos de Alfonso Alfonso III, where we find another reference to coca, which he describes as a large fish that clambers up onto the shore. So it's very strange. Yeah. So the most famous story, though, about this particular monster, about coca, involves St. George and Santa Coca, the dragon. So I didn't know this. I didn't know anything about St. George, but this makes sense. St. George is the patron saint of cities and countries in Europe. And he's a martyr. He's, you know, the country of Georgia is an example of a place that's named after him. Mm. So, and he's actually considered very uh, highly there. The story has it that he was kind of, you know, walking through, (laughs) passing through the city of Selene, allegedly, it, it is modern day Libya, when he spotted a princess about to be devoured by a dragon. He fought and beheaded the dragon and rescued the princess. And he was so brave, his bravery of of killing this random dragon (laughs) inspired the citizens of Selene so much that they all converted to Christianity. 
Wow. I mean, if I saw somebody kill a dragon, I would join his cult too. Yeah, I'd be like, what what, what are you worshiping? Yeah. Oh, let me write that down. Uh, Jesus? <laughs> Was that right? Is that right? He did what? Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. So the dragon fight is actually still commemorated today in Monsao, Portugal, during the Corpus Christi celebrations. They recreate this fight like there's literally a dragon and a dude. <laughs> I it's, mean, not literally really a dragon. Kind of, <laughs> no, no, not literally a dragon, but like a, a, a dragon, a fake dragon. Okay. Possibly driven by someone small. I don't know. I don't know. I saw pictures of it. It didn't look very big. Because if there's literally a dragon, I'm going to Portugal right now. (laughs) A dragon fight? Heck yeah. And it's funny because the people in this kind of recreated fight, Mm. the people always root for the dragon. Really? That's really ridiculous. It's It's a celebration of of St. George. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. People root for the dragon. That makes sense. You know, you want to root for the underdog. Yeah. Yeah. The dragon's definitely the underdog. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So in Portugal, speaking of Portugal, we find that a coca, a coco or coca is basically a jack-o'-lantern or a ghost with a pumpkin head. Which is fascinating. Yeah. The word coco is thought to have derived from the word skull or coconut. So we see that the common theme here is a head. Mm. So I noticed this. No one else no one else pointed this out. Okay. I noticed this. This is okay? you. It's original. <laughs> it's original <laughs> to me. So <laughs> copyright. Okay. okay. But the thing that I did notice is this continuous theme of a head. So first with the severing of the dragon's head, mm-hmm. second with a jack-o'-lantern head, mm-hmm. and third with the earliest reference to coco or coca being with the heads of enemies being hung from spears. Yeah, that's fascinating. Right? Yeah. So from here, the legend is carried with the colonizers to the Americas, where the monster began to evolve into this more boogeyman kind of figure. So, Orchidia, you are going to tell us about what it looks on the runway, or how it looks on the runway. (laughs) What what it looks? (laughs) I'm just laughing because the way you said it, I felt really unprepared all of a sudden. I was like, wait, I'm supposed to do what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. So <laughs> you find a drag queen. Okay. Dress him up as El Cucuy. Okay. Done. And then <laughs> done. Done. Easy. Done. You live in New York. You should be able to do this. Well, it, it it would be easy because that was one of the interesting things. There weren't that many descriptions of what El Cucuy or El Coco looked like. So a lot of the descriptions were like this broad, shadow shadowy figure. Like there wasn't any specific detail that was like continuous through the different legends. So like in Brazil, there's like still the dragon version known as Coca that still exists. So they they still think about it as a dragon, which makes sense. She became unbeheaded. Yeah. And flew over to Brazil. She's carrying the head like, uh, what's his face? Like uh, the headless horseman, he's carrying the head. So she's also <sighs> carrying the head under the wing or something. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what she did. Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> and like many Europeans who committed war crimes, she <laughs> went Brazil? to Brazil. Oh, wait, that's Argentina. That's Argentina, yeah. <laughs> that's Argentina. <laughs> close enough, close enough. Close enough. It's close enough. She was like, whatever. 
this is good. <laughs> if she couldn't see where she was going, her head's under her wing. What is she going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was confused. She was yeah. a little confused, okay? Another uh, description that I found uh, by Manuel Medrano said that the legend describes a cuckoo as a small humanoid with glowing red eyes that hides in closets or under the bed. So that's another Ew. one. And that was the one that was like more of an outlier because most of the other descriptions are having are, are of him like human, not human, adult size, right? Not mm. small. Uh, in Mexico Unexplained, they said the cuckoo wear, wears a robe and he looks almost like a grim reaper, which again, shadowy figure. You don't really see too much detail of what they look like. There was one that said that there was that the cuckoo or the cuckoo is a furry creature with claws and fangs. I've never heard him described as furry ever, ever. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because now I'm picturing a little furby. <laughs> I'm picturing, yeah, I'm picturing like a chupacabra with a hood. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what I'm picturing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very like dressed up chupacabra. <laughs> yeah, he went through a lot of effort. You better be scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> he went through all this effort. Others say he has bat ears, so he has like the pointy bat ears. So yeah, so Kukui again lives like he's this shadowy figure. Others describe him as a shapeshifter, so he kind of morphs into the shape that you fear the most, which makes sense why there aren't that many descriptions of what he looks like, or there's so many different descriptions too. And I also came up for a theory for this, so you weren't the Ooh, only one that came up copyright. with a theory. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, do you remember the weird clown fad? That was going on in the early 2000s. <laughs> How can I forget? <laughs> Clowns everywhere. It was ridiculous and hilarious. Like, so for those that don't remember, people would dress up like clowns and go stand in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. Some of them were holding knives. Some of them weren't. And it was like across the US, across the UK. It became like this uh, viral phenomena. And I was watching this uh, documentary recently called uh, Wrinkles. And it, this, of course, it takes place in Florida. <laughs> And it's, with a name like wrinkles okay what it's, it's creepy and sad so it's this guy named i can't remember his real name but he's he's wrinkles the clown and he dresses up like a creepy ass clown and he gets paid he gets hired to go scare children by their parents so the parents call him up and go hey wrinkles get under my child's bed and scare him because they've been misbehaving oh that's messed up yeah so the best part is this guy lives out in his van like, he looks like such a shady guy that I wouldn't want him around my children, but that's what makes him extra terrifying. So, <laughs> the documentary is fascinating, <laughs> but it got me thinking, right, about the kukui and this idea of the boogeyman and how it exists in so very diff so many different cultures and kind of thinking about the clown figure in that same way, right? And all of these figures morph shapes, they're different things that scare us, and they exist to train children to behave and to be part of society, right? That's the point of El Kukui. So the lack of descriptions make it even more creepy, because all we know th is that there's something in the shadows, right? Because it's usually at night where they, they appear. So we don't know what it looks like, we just know that if we don't behave, we don't follow the rules, something is going to come and get you. And it's like a good horror movie, right? When you don't see the monster, it just feels worse because you're imagining all these horrible things. And when you see it, you're like, oh, that was not that scary. But yeah, it's it's like your imagination can come up with something worse than what someone else can kind of come up with. Exactly. Like the, and it's a fear of the unknown mm -hmm. also. Yeah. So that I think that's why there's no clear definition or no clear description of what he looks like. So it's like our parents plant the seed and we do the rest of the work, which is also genius on their part. 
<laughs> so we create really the is. monsters to keep ourselves in check. <laughs> yeah, so like clowns, um, el cucuy with red eyes or sharp teeth. We just don't know what he looks like. We just know he's going to punish us. So yeah, so that's what, that's my theory of why it's so hard to find descriptions of him or why the descriptions are so different and vague. I don't know if you buy it or not. <laughs> No, I think that makes total sense. Like it's it's an adaptable creature from your nightmares essentially. Yeah. It it just becomes whatever you fear the most. Yeah. Which it's... I feel like is a horror movie. Isn't that like what that Freddy man? What is his name? Freddy? The, Fre the Freddy boy? Yeah, what is his name? Freddy Krueger? Fre yeah, thank you. I was like what is his Freddy last man. name? I just <laughs> The Freddy boy. <laughs> with the little scissors in the hey, in his hands. Hey, hey, hey. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> Which one? Edward Scissor's hands or or Freddy? Freddy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean I do like Edward Scissor hands, but Freddy Krueger's really cool. Yeah, so he comes out in your nightmares. It's more yeah, like Yeah, and he, he shapeshifts, right? Doesn't he become what you fear the most? Sort of. It's more it. It does that. Oh, that's right. It does that. So it is it is a common horror theme, yeah. I would say, of the shape-shifting monster, yeah. which we will talk about in the pop culture section soon. Ah. Yes. <laughs> so, so, it's a little snippet. But what's <laughs> even... The, the scary part of El Cucuy is what he does to children, and you're going to tell us about that. Yes. I'm going to go into the behavior of El Cucuy. I wanted to start off the behavior section with a <laughs> lovely lullaby. I love this that one. Yes. So I will say it in Spanish and then I'll translate it. So it starts off with Duermete niño, duermete ya, que viene el coco y te comerá. <laughs> I love it so much. But yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> that's a lovely lullaby and it translates to sleep child, sleep now, else coco comes and will eat you. Which is, if you don't know Spanish, doesn't translate, you're like, oh, that's really soothing and nice. Yeah. But no. And you had a version, Orquidia, that your mother sang to you? Yeah. Or I just, I remember growing up hearing it and it was like, because they, to like lullaby somebody is arrullar. So they actually, in the song, they go, a la rurubi niño, a la rurruya, duermase mi niño, duermase me ya. Porque si no viene el coco y se lo llevará. So in this <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's so that's so hardcore. But it's it's like the lullaby, the the one in the Oh yeah. Yeah. The rockaby baby, rockaby yeah. now. Something something, you fall out of the damn tree if you yeah. don't behave, yeah. you stupid kid. Yeah. Pretty something much. like that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so this is just you're not falling off trees, a monster's gonna come get you. I feel like I prefer the falling, honestly, so? to the to the to the kid uh, or to being kidnapped. Good so point. this rhyme that I said, you know, the duermete niño, is one of the oldest known rhymes about el cucuy, and it comes from the Aro de los Desposorios de la Virgen. Now that's a name. Yeah. By Juan Caxes in the 17th century. So it's it's pretty old. This is one of the main characteristics of El Cucuy also that parents use when they want to have their children behave is this idea that if you don't behave, El Cucuy will, is literally going to come and kidnap you. Yeah. Which honestly doesn't make any sense. Why but not? But to a child, 
it doesn't make any sense because why does it, what like does your parent have el cucuy on speed dial it's like hey cucuy let me just call oh you're not behaving i'm just gonna make up a, a child miguelito well let me call el cucuy and, and tell him to take you away like how is he gonna know he knows so all. anyways he knows all like santa claus it's like it's a similar monster to the krampus yeah that's you know it's another boogeyman kind of figure where if you don't listen this monster is going to come and shove you into a basket and take you away from us it's it's a common recurring thing it's like the worst thing you can tell a child is like <laughs> someone's going to come and take you away from us yeah. like it's it's crazy honestly lovely lullaby what a great way to <laughs> make your child fall asleep yeah and my never my mom never saying something to, like this to me so but thank you for sharing your song because <laughs> i i loved it it was great yeah. i was like oh it's the, the history of trauma right there yes you didn't see me fall asleep i like i was i was out i did out. I, I was too focused on like i was actually rocking my arms i can't sing it without yeah, rocking I saw my that. arms <laughs> Oh, wait, I didn't see that. I was asleep. I'm li- I lied. You're lying. <laughs> One of those things is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know. Uh, so besides the kidnapping, <laughs> El Cucuy is also known to, as you said before, hide under children's beds, behind curtains, and really any dark corner where you can wait for any you know, unsuspecting child to come and, and you can grab. So that's essentially El Cucuy's M.O., so there's a first-hand account about El Cucuy that comes from the USC Digital Folklore Archives. And it says, My uncle told me that his mother, my abuela, would tell him to behave or the Cucuy would get him. Cucuy is like a small, bat-eared hair monster that has huge red eyes and it would kidnap you if you did something bad or misbehaved. He said that his mom would always tell him to go to sleep on time to behave, never doing anything bad by anybody else, and to listen and respect her, which was the most important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he didn't behave properly, the kukui would come and take him into the night. Some of his friends would tell him that when they were up past their bedtime or sneaking or something, they would hear screeching or suddenly see red eyes in the bushes. Whenever that happened, someone would be missing the next day. To this day, he says he's still scared of it, especially if he goes back to Mexico. <laughs> That's hilarious that a grown-ass man is like, I ain't going back to Mexico. El Cucuy's there. He lives there. I'm I not going to deal with it. I know his address. He's there. <laughs> he's under the bed somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's at my mother's house and yeah. I don't want to deal with him. <laughs> so it's just, it's like a bad, not wanting to see a bad family member. Like it's, it's fascinating. And again, this description has, it almost combined all the other descriptions you stated. Yeah. So it's fascinating. And for others, he is actually strangely the opposite. So he's a guardian angel who is meant to always be with you and protect you, which is actually something I found came from older stories from Europe. Yeah, so, that one was so weird. Where did you find that particular description? Because I did, I also found it as well, okay. but I just didn't find it in, in very much detail. So I didn't really mention it as much. Yeah, I can't remember. It was from one of the websites that we looked at. Now... We're going to be talking about the popular culture, or Orquídea is, because that's <laughs> her jam. I'm excited about this. So, okay, there's a lot of images of a cucuy in popular culture. Uh, so we're just going to mention a few of them. 
One of my favorites was the Hollywood Horror Nights. So Universal Studios holds Hollywood Horror Nights around Halloween. And they have different mazes, different like rides that you can get on that are themed. And then there's monsters running around the park. I've never been. I'm kind of terrified to go, but it sounds really cool. I want to go. Oh, my God. I have been to the Knott's Berry Farm, Knott's Scary Farm. Uh-huh. I love the crap out of it. Was it scary? I love mazes like that. Like, mm-hmm. it is scary if you're not particularly okay with people jumping out and spooking you mm-hmm. and kind of rushing you if you're not okay with that and kind of like close quarters. However, I love that crap. So I, if you want me to, if you want to go one day, Orkidia, I will be in the front. Okay. <laughs> I will be in the front and I will be like laughing. I laugh. <laughs> And if you don't show fear, the trick is yeah, don't show fear in the mazes and in, in these places because as soon as you're a screaming, ah, ah, they ah, pick on you. People come. Yes, they pick on you. And so you just got to be like, ha, 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 I'm not scared. And then you're kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> but you pretend you're not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. And I went to one uh, maze here in, I think it was Pleasantville. And... I took my big friend, Rich, and then I took my other friend, uh, Jessica. And these are like way, they're both tall white people, mm-hmm. you know, especially Rich. Rich was is a giant, is a giant of a man. And here I am, this tiny, tiny brown person, and I'm in the front <laughs> of every single maze we enter. And I'm leading the charge because I'm like, yes, yeah. give it to me, scare <laughs> me, I, come at me. They are a lot of fun. I've been to haunted houses and when I was in Michigan, I went to one here for Halloween. And I, I went, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, I went with my boyfriend who was like six feet, six one, and I'm like five and I was up front for most of them. Yeah. And laughing. Yeah. Because it's, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like the minute you start showing fear, they like follow you and they pick on you and that's fun. But it can be really overwhelming. So if you kind of laugh it off, you still get to enjoy it. It's just not as claustrophobic. Exactly. And you have to remember, these are actors. Yeah. And I I helped actually my friend in, um, when she used to still work at the Haas Leenthal house here in San Francisco. I would help her with her Halloween haunted tours in that Victorian home. Mm. And so a bunch of volunteers would get together and put on this Halloween to to raise money for this house. And so I saw kind of the behind the scenes. Oh my God, they were so good though. They were <laughs> so good at scaring the crap out of people. And so I was dressed as like a, a, a Victorian maid. Mm-hmm. There was one actress who would crawl on the floor in the dark. Dude. Sca- I mean, just just terrifying, right? Yeah. I saw, I, I was in Atlanta and I went to Two Chains Haunted House. Two Chains had a haunted house. Two ch- what? Yeah, it was like haunted pink trap house or something like that. A combination of those words. And there was someone on a skateboard. That person scared me because, yeah, when they come down low, you don't expect that. He just... You don't expect it. They just skated right in. And I was like, what? It was awesome. Yeah, when they go for the ankles, you know, because we're short. I'm 5'2 or so, 5'1", depending on the shoes and and what time of day you measure me. (laughs) But essentially i'm pretty short and you're pretty short yeah so we don't expect anything lower than us no really really don't tell me more about this maze because i am i would love 
to get into this maze. I know. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like they, because they're themed mazes, they change every year. Um, they have a few that repeat, but mostly they change to kind of depending on what's going on uh, in pop culture. So in 2013, they had one dedicated to Kukui. And so this is the description of the maze uh, from the website from Universal Studios. Do you remember when you were afraid of the dark? The possibility that some horrible creature may be hiding in your closet or under your bed? People call him the boogeyman. But in Mexico, he's known as El Kukui. Some say she's a shadow, an evil spirit that changes form to become whatever you fear. So some say he's a hideous monster that lives in the caves, but it's all just a myth, right? Or is it? So that's the description. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is the best part. So the story is narrated by Danny Trejo, of course. What? But what? he also plays what? a cuckoo. <laughs> so he's the narrator and a cuckoo. <laughs> is amazing and the the whole narrative of the maze is that you you kind of follow the journey of a young boy um and it starts off with the the young boy and his uncle uncle attending a luchador horror film so like the classic 1960s el santo contra whatever and then the boy gets trapped by el cucuy and must escape this horrible world of el cucuy i'm like where is Hollywood? Where are all these theme parks? Why are they not calling us and being like, hey, ladies, what other crazy monster do you guys know about that isn't the, you know, same old crap over and over again? I know they had uh, a, Lo- a Yorona one themed one, too. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's these are great ideas, but they should look at other cultures to just be like, let's why don't we just grab more ideas from other cultures? Because yeah. cultures, different cultures have crazy monsters, obviously, like we talk about. Yeah. Well, and I love that they included luchadores because that really sets the, the, the theme. And it's really smart that they did it from the perspective of a child because, again, that's who the boogeyman is kind of aimed at. Uh, and then I found like a review. So Theme Park Insider described it as a maze that featured a shape-shifting monster, a terrifying journey through a child's worst nightmare, and a truly sick twist with pumpkins. Oh, right? someone did their research. Yeah. So that's what, like, when you were talking about pumpkins, and I remembered, I was like, shit, I wonder what they did with pumpkins. And yeah, how far back they went. Yeah, they probably just chucked pumpkins at you out of a cannon or something. Like, just like... That's safe. (laughs) That's really safe. (laughs) Yeah, that's totally safe. (laughs) No, I don't know. I mean, that's that's cool. A sick twist with pumpkins? What the heck does that mean? Right? So... Um, we can maybe we can try to find a video of like a walkthrough and post it on our social media. I would to love see. to. Yeah, yeah. I want to see. I want to see what it looks like. I want them to bring it back. Honestly, yeah. like I would <laughs> never go to. But by the way, warning to everyone who's listening: never go to the Six Flags one. Six Flags sucks. <laughs> Their haunted crap sucks. I went this year because I live in Northern California, and there's not that many. In the Bay Area, there's not that many scary haunted places. Really? And with me, yeah, me with my memories of, of you know, not scary, not scary farm. I loved not scary farm. They have ec- excellent mazes. And so I wanted to kind of experience it again. So I went with, I took my neighbor, Isma, and so we went and we show up. And not only did you have to pay for the entrance to the park, which by the way, even with my UC disc- discount, it was 60 something dollars. Shit. But on top of that, you had to pay 40 extra bucks to be able to actually get into the haunted houses and mazes. That's pretty ridiculous. It's a lot of money. It's so much money. And I was just like, 
are you serious? Is this is bullshit? So instead, we rode some of the stupid rides, but I'm a coward. I don't like roller coasters, really. Yeah. I'm not into heights. I'm not into roller coasters. I'll go into a maze. I'll go into a haunted house. I'll do all that crap, but I'm not doing heights. And so we went and we ended up on, you know, that those rides with the chairs and then mm-hmm. it starts spinning and oh, the chairs yeah, are kind of yeah. like, yeah, those yeah looks like so swings, like giant swings. Yes. It's a giant, it's a giant swing machine. And I'm afraid of heights. And so I was, and Isma was like, no, 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 let's get on. Let's get on. And I was like, okay, fine. Let's get on. So I got on and it starts moving up and it starts getting higher and higher. And you know, you're just, you're just tied to a a flimsy ass chair with a flimsy ass chain. And so it keeps getting higher and higher. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out because I hate height. And so I'm yelling at Isma like, you bitch. (laughs) And, (laughs) but then... The kicker was there was a kid in front of me, not older than than 10. I would say like eight years old. It was like, oh, are you scared? Are you okay? The kid was comforting me. The shame. Shame. So much shame. But I I know. But I I get that because I'm afraid like because I grew up going to like the the feria. So like the what are they called? The fairs in in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So those were some rickety ass you know, rides, everything was shaking, stuff was made of wood, you ended up with bruises. So so now I'm just like, I'm not going to get on anything because it's going to fall apart. It's going to like that swing is going to fly off. (laughs) Yeah, I saw a video. Yeah. I've seen many videos of, of roller coaster disasters. And I saw one in Mexico that happened in Mexico City. And essentially, the the cart flew off the track and flew into a pillar killing two people and injuring four others maybe it was crazy i was like no way i'm no i'll go into a maze i'll fight el cucuy (laughs) i'll make out with the cucuy but just don't get me on a goddamn roller coaster i'll do whatever el cucuy wants me to do except get on the roller coaster (laughs) yeah except get on the roller coaster, which is probably what it wants me to do yeah if that's what you're scared of that's what he's gonna make you do Exactly. Ah. Anyways, <laughs> let's get back on track. What other pop so culture was, things have you seen? In 2018, Sci-Fi Channel released the movie called Kukui, the Boogeyman. Very original. Oh. I haven't seen it, but I think we should watch it and maybe do a review. It looks really, really, really bad. Really <laughs> bad. I'm excited. I don't know. I, I like love that bad, bad. Let's do it. <laughs> Huh? Like Chupacabra bad. That's how bad it looks. Oh my god, yes. I love it. With the CG, the weird CGI Chupacabras that don't touch the ground. And it looks like of... it's all white people. Oh no. My worst nightmare. <laughs> That's what El Cucuy would show up as. A white person. <laughs> so the IMD description is pretty short. Uh, it goes, when children start disappearing, a rebellious teen under house arrest starts to suspect a legendary evil, a boogeyman known as the Kukui, might be responsible. So it's kind of like a rear window disturbia sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I would have preferred it was if it was a kid, maybe, that was kind of tackling the monster. Because it's, it's, it's definitely a monster that attacks children as opposed to a teen. Yeah, but we'll add that but to the whatever. list. <laughs> Yes, we'll add it to the list. Yes. Uh, the Kukui has also made appearances in season three of Grimm and the comic strip Baldo. Have you ever read Baldo? No. It's a comic strip, but it's they're Latinos. It's really good. Oh, I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. 
there are mentions of El Cucuy and uh, One Day at a Time and Wizards of Waverly Place, just to name a few. So there's he's he's been around um, Hollywood quite a bit. And you found the reference from The Outsider. I've never heard of this show. What is, what is it about? You know, it's a show on HBO based on a book by Stephen King of the same name. Spoiler alert, I am going to spoil this, so if you don't want to hear it, just fast forward. But the show is about a child murderer who is in jail but claims his innocence. And there is evidence both of him committing the crime but also of him being somewhere completely different when it happened. That's crazy. And so, yes, and it kind of, basically, it could be that a boogeyman figure-like figure is is committing these crimes or it could be yeah this shape-shifting being and they do talk about el kukui uh, as being one of these legends and folklore that the the show kind of mentions and explores it's it's really interesting essentially yeah i wonder if it's we would have to read the book his books are so long because i wonder if the kukui aspect is also in the book or if it's something for the show i don't know if i could read 500 pages (laughs) No, I I don't want to. <laughs> I have such a hard time with his book. Why? Why do you have a hard time? Because it's they're so long. Like it it gets it's so hard for me to get into that into it. I feel like I have to read like a hundred, a hundred and fifty pages before I'm actually invested. Oh, as opposed to other gotcha. books when I'm like twenty pages in and I'm like already invested. Yeah, no, you have to hook me. I I'm a millennial. You need to hook me as soon as I read the first sentence. Yeah, aren't we you the know? same age? <laughs> yes. We are. I think you're one year older than I am. Oh, that one year makes a big difference. It's the, the, no, it does. the maturity level here. <laughs> oh, hi, how dare you? Don't make me call it kukui. Oh, no. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> you have like, one of those old school phones like yeah, the kids used to phone. have where you call Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> beep, boop, beep. Yeah. Hello? Kukui? N- new theory. El kukui is an alien. Beep, boop, beep. Boop, boop. <laughs> horrible i know that but i think that that brings us to the end i think that's it for our episode today yes <laughs> this is the end of our episode i <laughs> i i hope you truly enjoyed our, our really weird ramblings about el kukui and if you have stories about this monster and experiences have you seen el kukui let us know because we would love to to hear about it definitely i wanted to go into some of our sources for this episode which includes den of geek ancientorigins.net and the work of Eloy Martos Nunez and Ina Acad- what is that nacademic.com uh-huh. is nacademic.com yeah cool and any last words yeah so i was sh- i should have said this when you were talking about the head theory but coco is slang for brain or head so there's this saying yes. uh le patina el coco have you heard that one no i've never heard of that it translates very roughly to their brain skates or their brain is skating <laughs> which means they're not all there so the brain is just skating around okay. and <laughs> the it, brain escaped yeah it's just like skating brain and it means that someone's not all there that they're they're loopy yeah oh, so just wanted to throw that in like there my neighbor oh that's cool i didn't know that that's a that's probably a, a very mexican term probably maybe but that's why you start to see a cuckoo because you're your coco's all, pat- all patinado. 
but see again it's it's the head thing it's the head yeah. thing it's the head thing it had it's it's interesting i also read that one of the reasons why they called i don't know if it's if it's one of those weird things the chicken or the egg kind of thing but sailors saw coconuts oh. and that's why they called them coconuts or or something like that it's it's either coco coconut because it reminded them of a of a head yeah Oh, that makes so, sense. Coco. But yeah. also, I imagine so like if you're out on the ocean for a really long time, out at sea for a really long time, like these coconuts that look like heads, you start to see things that aren't there. And yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, is that a sexy, sexy head? <laughs> or oh, is that yeah. a dragon? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to continue supporting us, please leave a review. Just let us know what you think. And if you have any monsters, creatures, or legends you want us to cover, let us know. We're happy to hear it. And also hit the subscribe button. And here's an example of a review that you can leave, and we will read it out loud on the podcast. So uh, Minnie and Nanny wrote, Finally, I was so excited to find a Latinx podcast hosted by women covering some of my favorite topics, and they did not disappoint. It's so comforting hearing and learning more about the stories I grew up with. Keep it up. Oh, that's really sweet. That's so inspiring. Yeah. Aw. I, I appreciate that. So I appreciate people posting things about that. And it keeps us going and it encourages us to keep, keep writing and keep doing this podcast. So definitely let us know what you think. And let us know that we're not just talking us... to each other. <laughs> yeah. Let us know that we're not just blowing air up each other's ass. Uh, please. That'd be great. Yes. And I, I like how I don't make this podcast easy for children to listen to. No. <laughs> Please go ahead and follow us on social media, on Twitter at Monstras Podcast, or email us at monstraspodcast at gmail.com. Goodbye. Stay safe. And don't let anyone call El Cucuy to come get you. Yeah. Stay safe. Bye. <laughs>